0: G'day guys. What's up? Welcome to another special episode of the podcast. And today we have on Ben Kelly and he is an absolute legend. I'm so happy to actually connect with this guy. He helps people in terms of coaching with body, food, relationships, and so much other stuff he takes this like real big holistic approach sort of like myself in regards to how he actually helps people he's developing a really awesome course he's been traveling all around the world he's been living in bali he's, i think he, he was currently in barcelona when we had a chat so he's been doing all this crazy stuff and man we got to have an extremely good conversation on masculinity relationships and how us as guys can actually bring our emotions into something and the The conversation was fantastic. I'm so happy we went and dove down the the tangent that we did, as I find it is so beneficial and it's a conversation that not many of us have. So whether you're a guy or a girl, please listen to the full episode because it gets quite vulnerable, to be honest. We get quite vulnerable and it's really awesome to listen to and it was just great to have a chat with someone um, exactly like him, which was just fantastic. So before we actually start the podcast, just a couple of things really quickly so as you probably listened to the start of the podcast i do have some coaching spaces available part-time full-time and also community coaching so just go to my website coreyboutwell.com and follow the prompts if you're interested in those i also have a recipe ebook that i sell which is i find is absolutely ridiculous there's so much value in that thing purely because I have done all the research, all of my articles that I researched on the website, CoreyBowell.com, all of the ingredient shopping list articles, essentially research all of the best ingredients possible. And then I figured out how to put them into something extremely tasty in certain sequences for meals, as far as meal prep goes, as far as making potions with your bone broth, as far as like actual making really tasty meals to impress someone. And they're all like really quick, easy, tasty. And like the best part is they're super nutritious. Like, super nutritious. So I highly recommend you get that. The link is down below. And also as always, this podcast is brought to you by Aeternum Labs. And if you guys haven't got any of the Aeternum Labs products, I extremely recommend you to go out there. So the main mission of Aeternum Labs is literally to support you as best as possible nutritionally, to get you in the best energy, the best recovery and the high performance as you can. And we have multiple different products on there. We have sleep products. We have help you get into the zone products. We have energy products, there's vitamins, we've got lion's mane's mushroom, and we have a whole bunch of stuff that is just like awesome, awesome goods in there. So I highly recommend you actually go in there, check that out and you can use the code Corey to get yourself a 10% off discount on there, which I think is quite fantastic. So I hope you guys enjoy this podcast as much as I did. And I just hope you also have the best day wherever you are, whatever you're doing. And thank you for choosing to be the best version of yourself. And thank you for choosing to listen to this podcast. If you also wouldn't mind, just real quickly, if you get any value from any of this stuff, or you like my podcast, or you like any of the messages that we're sharing, or if you get any little bit of value from this, please share it. Please just share it onto your story on Instagram. Hit that little square button with the arrow up click share really quickly, even now, if you like, just real quickly, just jump on, click share, share in your story, and then like and subscribe. And if you haven't already and you listen to an Apple Podcasts, I would extremely appreciate, like really, really, really deeply appreciate, a review because they go really far. And currently, if you guys don't know, is this podcast, it just got up to like a number 180, in Australia, in the health and fitness category, and we want to make it up to number one. So, literally, you by, by sharing, liking, subscribing, leaving the reviews, doing all of those things will help us get this podcast up as high as possible and reach as many people as possible. And we'll be making a huge impact. So, thank you so much for doing that if you do. And yes, guys, crush your day, enjoy this podcast, and we'll see you in the next one. Ben, thanks so much for coming onto the show, man.
1: My pleasure, man. Thanks for having me.
0: All good. Just as like a little quick question, man, what are you currently working on at the moment? I know that you've obviously been doing some work in Bali and now you're, as we were just talking about beforehand, you're like across across the world managing somehow to like get through all of the different crazy travels. Um, So what are you currently um, working on and and focusing on?
1: Yeah, so um, right now, and this has been a hard thing over the time for me is like I've had so many different interests that um, it's been tough for me to like just center in on like a niche, you know, obviously mm-hmm. like having a niche and things have like always been super important like for business and like online and all that sort of stuff. But I found myself having just so many interests because I just think, you know, so much relates to e- e- each other. So much um, kind of touches, you know, something else or some other area of your life. So um Right now, I'm focusing on creating a course around um, sort of women healing their relationship around their food and their body. I think one of the big perks the big things around, if I look back at my journey, um, it's it's not been as much around. It's obviously been hugely beneficial, like having having you know eating plan and a diet plan and all those sorts of things. But I think the things that made them work well was my my mentality and my relationship to them that ultimately had them uh, be fruitful over the long term. So when I'm, you know, I've been looking at that Like, so well, what separated for me to anyone else that gets given a, you know, any sort of plan or any any sort of workout, any sort of diet, it's the way that I've had my relationship to what I'm doing. And so for me, I'm focusing heav- heavily in that, but also, you know, working towards, you know, reframing a lot of stuff around relationships, um, you know, obviously around food and body, um around exercise all those sorts of things and trying to find obscure um you know sources of people's discomfort in these areas that are maybe not typical so sort of scouring the earth for a little bit the more obsolete and seeing if there's any sort of connection that may maybe missing that isn't quite prevalent so yeah trying to plug those holes
0: yeah have you found anything yet that's like been interesting that's sort of a little bit stand out
1: Oh, look, every day, man, every day. It's like the funny thing is like I'm always just having my theories proven wrong like often or or finding like something that um, completely shifts my perspective. Um, You know, as I've been putting this course together, um, so much of what I'm realizing around people's relationship to their bodies, to exercise, to food, um, you know, it never, it like, almost never has anything to do with the, you know, the food itself or the body itself or, or whatever, right? And uh, it's, it's just lots of little different things and, and hungers and needs that people have within their life or the skills that they need to develop that once they unlock, you know, really um, has a great flow um, of change come into life in an area that they never, you know, looked in you know it's like it's so easy to pinpoint you know what oh you know i'm fat or this or that the the solution is um don't work out go and do this go and do that right when it's like it could be something that's completely off to the off to the left that was tucked away in into the you know the darkness that was never even thought of that if gets attended to just unlocks everything so um it's finding those 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 harder to see sorts of things and obviously that takes time takes a lot of research and a lot of trying to find um connections between um things that maybe have been harder to see so um a lot of that has got to do with, you know, obviously people's relationships to the, you know, their masculine and the feminine and things like that. And, you know, a lot of people might hear that. And I'm not the most ultra woo-woo person. So anytime I I say something, there's sort of a, there's, there's a bit of masculine energy behind it where there's still, even if if it's woo-woo, I've found, I've found where it's, I feel is legitimate logically wise and rationally wise. (laughs) So, um, uh, a lot of those areas that are sort of dismissed as airy-fairy actually when we when we look at them um, do have a big impact on a lot of um, ways that people relate to, you know, people, right, relate to body, relate to food, relate to, you know, everything.
0: Yeah, it's crazy, right? Because it, it also like with that is you have to really start, I believe, looking like inwards to start finding out those things because as you mentioned, it's not just one thing. It could be uh, multiple different things and it could be something – a little bit woohoo, but it's not until you actually go down and really like think about the things personally and interpersonally and start like diving around in your own mind or figuring out some stuff that's happened in the past or whatever it is where you sort of will find a trigger or something where it's like, ah, and that's why that happens <laughs> or something like that, which can usually lead to some sort of, uh, as you'd say, I don't know, for lack of a better word, just in my perspective, like a, like a food addiction or some sort of other addiction that you'd have mentally to something Mm. that you're, you're project projecting on yourself or something else.
1: And we, I mean, we see that, we see that everywhere. I mean, everyone's got their cruxes, everyone's got their medicators, you know, everyone's got their things that they find difficult of which they try to, you know, self soothe from. Um, you know, and even just with a lot of this work, is like being able to find out where, you know, correlates and relates to me. Um, you know, there's the, the funny thing is that like with a lot of growth and there's a lot of red herrings, like red herrings are basically things that just like distract. It's almost like, you know, those, um uh, you know, those stories of like the who did it, like the who did it stories where it's like, um, oh, it was the butler or it was the maid who, who killed Mrs. Yeah. Bottomsworth. It was yes. the, right. And it's like, we've got so many people like, and it's in the movies, you know, in the movies where it's like, Oh, it's like CSI. So it's like, Oh, it's gotta be, that's the perpetrator. That's the one that's done. And when really it was, you find out later on down the track is this, this over here. And you had no idea. It took you by surprise. Yeah. Right. And it's like, so how do I find, and again, the red herrings and the things that distract us are like, we, we, cause we have such a difficult, um, time finding solutions to complex um, questions we find simple answers in things that we we seem to be obvious oh i'm just obsessive about food therefore it's like that's the end or it's the kardashians fault that i have a poor body image right it's yeah. you know it's like how do we create these things where we think we gain a solution or we we know the source of the issue when really that that thing that we think is a source is distracting us from discovering what it really is so, you know, and, and there's so many, oh, with this work, it's like there's so many things that relate to each other and the, the different types of medicators. Like I've spoken in the past about I used to medicate a lot through um, or self-soothe or distract um, from difficult emotions with sex. You know, I was probably borderline sex addict, uh, sex addict at one point. Um, I think that's fairly growing um I feel I feel like that's fairly growing especially in this day and age where accessibility is 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 you know on the rise um I used to do it in that way right and it's like so so many of the things or so many of the reasons of which I was medicating or distracting or self-soothing in that in relation to that was the same reason as a lot of people self soothing through completely different things so um it's been it's been awesome to be able to um find those connections and be able to empathize with people that maybe medicate in ways that are different uh, different, than myself.
0: Yeah. And how, how did you get like onto this path? Like what kind of led you to dive down and really start to reflect onto this stuff and really like learn it, apply it, and start to take off with it?
1: Yeah. So um, I've I've been having uh, involved in network marketing over the last 10 years. That's where I've made a majority of my money um and so a big part of network marketing is obviously you, you uh, is is investment to um personal development unfortunately you know my company was hugely invested into the growth of the people so the amount of events and things that they put on was and that was my one of my first forays into actual personal development i i've had a very fixed mindset i thought you know you these are the cards you've been dealt um you just got to make the most of them right i i had no sort of think i I didn't know even personal development or self-help or any of that sort of thing was was a thing i didn't know right this was in my mid this is in my mid-20s mind you so it's not like i was picking this up at like a really early age and um from there i i i I, at that point i was very depressed i had like a really detrimental mindset i had low self-worth all these things. Um, found myself feeling like I was in a body that wasn't mine and in a life that wasn't meant for me Um, feeling a real you know incongruency with what I felt like my potential was and where I was actually sitting and that was very that, that was painful and so I delved into that world and realized there was so many things that I didn't know were things to know and when I you know found new perspectives that completely shifted the way I looked on one thing. I was like, well, how much else don't I know? Like, it was almost like trying to find out how little I knew. I think people kind of do this stuff so it's like they can they can become intelligent. It's like, that's obviously a trap because if you, if you get to a point where you think you're super intelligent, your curiosity starts to wane because you're identified with being a hugely intelligent person. But I, I think over the time, I've just been like, how little do I know? And that sort of curiosity has been what's pushed me along because I've known. Oh, it only takes one or two things that to just really spark huge change. And as long as you're staying curious, you know, those things will show up. And then obviously, I just I fell in love with it. Um, I made huge changes within my life within a relatively short amount of time. I um, you know, uh, helped my mum out. We retired our mum. You know, I was able. You know give us some time back, um, for, you know, raising four kids as a single mom and people want to know more about that story. And then I started to sort of, you know, teach what happened in between the, in between points of like from here to there. And, um, it was from that starting to go into the teaching realm that obviously, you know, I always said to people, it's like, your job is to out is to outgrow me and to make me redundant. And my job is to make sure that that never happens. And I still have value in your life. And um, that's just what's kept me accountable to just consistently keeping learning and keeping um, passing on what it is I'm learning about myself more than anything.
0: Yeah, dude, I love that. I love how you mentioned like obviously keeping curious was key, but also you you mentioned a couple of times which has just like triggered my mind. It's just that you keep talking about or you've mentioned a few times just the impact that your body had on yourself. And I was just thinking that as you were saying, I was like, man, everyone, everyone, everyone cares about their body and they care about what it looks like and they care about how it actually performs. Even if they've let go <laughs> and they're self-soothing somewhere, they still care about it. So what was like your experience of um getting your body back into shape and like improve- improving your relationship with with your body
1: yeah i mean like i um so i played i played semi-professional football yep soccer um, for anyone back in australia that doesn't want to call football <laughs> um <in> the States. <laughs> right so um after i finished that up i i i just i was always training in the gym and everything like that but i just i needed different goals i did i needed different focuses and um, I was always, uh, you know, obviously very logically and rationally minded. Um, I trained because it was just, I, you know, I had regiment, and it just became a habit is what I did. Um, I, saw, I sought out um, experts to sort of help me with my program and everything like that. I learned a whole bunch from that. Um, and, you know, I, I, I loved the idea of, you know a lot of people look at a lot of people in the fitness industry or like you know changing body composition and and think oh it's all vain and everything but there's a there's a huge amount of intellect that goes into being able to you know for a man to put on muscle without having to blow out all the time and um i found that fascinating and you know it, it was it was like it was just like sculpting it's just like this is a this is a a reference point of where my head's at. And obviously that's not the case all the time. I mean, that was, was where I was at, but you know, it got to a point where um, you're reaching the upper echelons or sort of where you can take your, your body naturally. And a lot of guys sort of fall in, you know, you know, like the, for for the industry, it's like, okay, um, now I need to maybe seek, um, uh, Enhancers or whatnot, and that was a real sort of point where it's like, you know, okay, where am, where do I where do my goals sit with this now? Where where am I willing to take it to? And then obviously, then I was like, I, I I felt like with that aspect, you know, learning about you know, change your body and the body composition and all that has been like hugely beneficial to me. Um, I never ended up, to be fair, like a lot of guys. And again, I wasn't like bodybuilding. It's completely different. You 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 got to separate yourself from those that are committed to to um, competing. You know, Um, if you're instead of just someone that's looking to change their body composition, right? Um, Even a lot of guys that aren't competing are like, you know, developing, you know, muscle dysmorphia, and it's just like they're never big enough. (laughs) Um, right. like, they, like there's guys that look at themselves and they're, they're incredibly huge guys but they just see this skinny little thing and um, you know sometimes I, I like I've, my, my goals have moved a little bit um, they're more focused around like functionality and mobility and things that I've neglected in the past because my focus wasn't had nothing to really care about that sort of stuff and as I get older, that's becoming more of a, pro- a priority. Longevity is becoming more of a priority. And sometimes I look back at like when I was maybe like you know, eight kilos heavier than what I am now, seven kilos heavier than what I am. And back then I still, uh, there, there was a part of me that looked at that and was like, you're <laughs> like I, I really felt like I had a long way to go there, right? <laughs> and um, the, 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 the the one thing though is like it didn't impact my like social life that much. I could go out with friends and be social, um, you know, all those sorts of things. I don't think I developed muscle dysmorphia, but now looking back, I could definitely see how it develops in other people. And um, there was definitely times where I was hugely regimented and, and didn't drink and do, and do all those things. And that was obviously required, but um, it's, it's just, it's always a continual, you know, journey, like with health, I can't not be. And again, it's all trial and error, isn't it? Everything's just trial and error. I mean, it, you, you take two people, you take a hundred people that have got incredible, feel, incredible health, and ask them how they've gotten there, and they could probably give you a thousand different ways. Some things will be obviously very consistent. But there'll be little tweaks and things that are, you know, very different through trial and error that have worked well for their body. And that's the big thing: is like everyone's just got to really have, go through a long journey of trial and error with their own. Put their own body and the intricacies of their own body and i think you know that's obviously something that i continue to learn more about um but yeah it, it did get to a point where it's just like you know i wasn't i wasn't shooting for contests or anything it was just like just get big and lean it's just like just get big and lean what for There was it was just like no reason. (laughs) Well, like thinking about it, it was just like again, it just became habit. That's what I did. But I I think I got to a point where I was just really satisfied with what I did. Nice, and that was a good thing. I actually arrived at the point where I was like, you know what? And 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 and, you know, as I've I've paid attention to, as I'm not training the same as what I did for like you know eight, nine, ten year span of time, which was hard to shift. Um, think like the things that like. Oh, I dropped below 90 and I was like, oh, my God. There was something in my brain that was like, you can't be below nine. Like, yeah. I don't know. It was just looking at that number. It was just like it represented like it just represented a huge turning of the tide. And I was just like, it made me it, it like it, it did stir some stuff, right? It was like, fuck, I need to eat more. That wasn't that was, <laughs> like I'm not eating enough. But I was like my goals weren't even to go and get big anymore. But I was still sort of like att- like attached to that sort of thing, right? And I've had to kind of nurture my relationship, being okay with like sitting naturally at like you know eighty eight, eighty nine. If the time ever comes again where I, I feel like that's a goal that I want to ha- I want to go at, then amazing.
0: Yeah, for sure. So, what do you think, like personally, over the past, say, I'd say recent year, two years, what do you think are some of the biggest lessons? That you have learned in terms of just whatever's been happening over the past couple of years, you've just been like, "Oh my god, I can't believe that I've just learned this now," <laughs> and that have had a really good impact to you.
1: Oh, damn! Look, I've been learning a lot about. I mean, my biggest struggle, like, I like obviously the the things you're going to learn most about, I was going to be in ref, in reflection to your your the things you struggle with the most. Um, for me uh, I've had difficulties with intimacy yep um, a lot of difficulties in certain ways in some ways not so much in, in some other ways um, which has caused a lot of um, the most amount of uh, feelings of uncomfortableness to, to seek through through doing the work mm-hmm. right some of the other work doesn't I have I have epiphanies, and they're amazing, but they're not they're not making me uncomfortable, or like, and, and I can pay attention to sometimes when that's happening because I'll go and resort to like joking or laughing. I just start laughing for no reason. It's like I need to kind of distract myself. I'm like, and I'm paying attention to these things and doing intimacy work with my with my partner has um, brought up questions to answers that I had I had no answers for. And that was something that was really weird for for me, that there were simple questions and I didn't have an answer for them. And, or I never contemplated them. And over the time I realized, you know, maybe my relationship to sex was a bit distorted. Um, You know, I was single for seven years um, before I got into my relationship. Um, We, I mean, we, we live in a, um Australia is quite hyper masculine. Yeah, um, agreed. I feel. and and that's developed a lot of incredible traits I you know I feel. a lot of a lot of great character, a lot of a lot of great traits in ways. um but equilibrium, not so much in some ways. Yeah. you know, and I think you know a lot of Australian men's relationship to uh, emotions, uh, themselves, Intimacy, sex, um, in a lot of ways, are very distorted.
0: Yeah, well, I think. So one thing I don't is- know. I don't know if
1: that's anything that you've, been in, uh, you know, you've found with yourself or any of your friends around you, but I, oh, I've man. found that
0: big time, like huge. I wouldn't say like um, huge problem. I was going to say, but it's like a huge topic that's like super interesting, and I think that comes into um, what we're talking about beforehand is. People find or us may find distraction through body image. <laughs> A lot of the time, I think that can happen. But yeah, man, um, I, I, I really agree. Um, Australia does seem to be hyper masculine. And obviously, as you mentioned, law of equilibrium does happen. And we get caught up and guys can be disconnected and like they sort out danger, distraction or something else to just get their mind away from whatever it is. And then when it comes to, as you're mentioning, like an intimate relationship, they find it extremely hard. I know I've found it extremely hard to actually be intimate. <laughs> so what are some of the things, because I'm like extremely curious to know, like what are some of the things that have brought you most fulfillment through like doing some intimacy work? And what, is, what are some of the things that you have done um, with the
1: work? Yeah, I think it's just, you know, Obviously, having a look back at, you know, my past and, and why um, maybe I am the way I am, um, you know, from a young age, uh, man of the family, uh, lived in an area that maybe wasn't the safest, um, you know, single mum, three younger sisters from really early age. Um, People's living circumstances, you know, will dictate a lot of the character that they're forced to develop. Right. I found myself in a position where I was forced to develop, um, you know, sort of putting my emotions off to the side in service of something. And I saw my purpose as being, you know, obviously the protector of the family, even really, really young. That's what you're – I remember sitting there when I was younger and praying being like – and I remember I said it every day. It's like, dear God, if you have to take someone, please take me. Allow my family to have – you know a long loving fulfilling happy successful life and if if any anyone has to go be me and i did that at a young age there was some part of, pressure, of my identity got well, well, yeah and it, and 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 you know the funny thing is what is that i remember and i wrote about this not long ago i remember like this is a contrast is that my mom was at the front of the house and a man was just like screaming at it, screaming at it and i remember peeping out the window as like a real young kid and, and I so I ran to the to the kitchen. I grabbed the biggest knife I could. I put it behind my back and I walked out and I stood next to her. And then eventually, you know, obviously the guy went away. And I didn't think twice about that. But then there would be a, a, a girl that lived down the street who would come to the house, knock on the door to come and see me, and I'd run away. Mm. And my, I'd, t- I'd tell my sisters to go and tell her that I'm not home. So on one instance, I could, without Without any thought, go and put myself in that situation. But the that connectivity and that 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 uh, you know relationship to women that was was horrible, horrifying. I think, and and obviously, so o- over the time, I, I developed um, character that had to suit my environment. It made me a little bit you know, hard, like harder skinned. It meant that emotions were not in service of of. Your objective of my purpose, it got in the way. I didn't want to have too much love in my life because having more love in my life represented burden. It represented weight. Like a, a lot of men in Australia find themselves in very similar situations where you know their love is not free. their love is is, is has responsibility. Their love has has weight, right? And yeah. it, it it wanting more of it makes them more vulnerable right and it's not even that I wanted to be in that situation or have to do those things it was just that that's what I what I felt like was demand of me given my circumstances but I ended up like it it, it really sort of uh, I guess made me not want to have deeper connections with anyone else because that meant more responsibility and that more meant more burden. If something happened to you, that's more on me. And I just didn't want to have more room for anyone. Um, because the fear of what would happen to my family, like was, was, was crippling. It worried me every day. And to invite more of that into my life, it didn't it didn't it didn't mean a lot of the same things as what it meant to a lot of people. It didn't mean like joy, it didn't mean like it meant fear, it meant responsibility, it carried a weight, it had burden attached to it. So that obviously, you know, gets taken into um adult life. I think, you know, with coming through, like if you think about the ways that we, we spoke about sex like growing up, if you went out on a night in a town. And you spoke to your boys about it. Oh yeah, it was disgusting. Like, <laughs> now we talked about girls. it was disgusting. Well, <laughs> well, it was very surface. It was like yeah. it was just a it was just a matter of it happening. Yeah, that was all the. It, it didn't matter the quality. It didn't matter the the connection. It didn't matter depth. It was just the it was just the fact that you you you, you did it. That was yeah all it was. It was very goal orientated. It was very like you know. Um, I achieved um, yeah. ejaculate goal yeah. achieved I carried on my mother right and it's like then you you go into adulthood and, and we live in a time now where, where women rely on men less for a lot of things and because they rely on us less for a lot of things they're now demanding more in other ways that men are not well equipped yeah right we're and so and not equipped like so want, <laughs> want more depth and it's like and then this is why men are like having a real. This is why women, you know, um, uh, are really not satisfied because a lot of times back in the day, relationships were more of a like an economical thing or just an yeah. easy thing to progress. You know, the safety of the family or like the continuation of you know your genes to yeah. be able to just like the roles were very different. What they required from their partners was very different. Um, and in this day and age what people and especially women are wanting are very different. We've never had such a massive swing in changing of circumstances and dynamics than we have within the last 20 years. That's I think crazy. my generation, like the 25 to, to 40, find themselves in this pre-internet sort of phase and this post-internet phase where they have the ide- ideologies of their parents and their grandparents that, you know, held up very true and relevant in a time that no longer exists and now they've got the dynamics of a world that is over here that now they're entering into of and they're in this middle ground of knowing both and being able to work out what the dynamics of relationships looks like and trying to redefine them for ourselves where where no one has been able to before and yeah. it's and right and it's a new so, language
0: man we're losing we're you're learning like relationship chinese or something <laughs> You know, is, we're having to work it out
1: yeah well well where the the games the rules of the rules that a lot of the rules have changed again yeah. a lot of the, the ideologies of which we subscribe to in a in a different time um some of them are no longer relevant and i think a lot of people are having a hard time shifting with that they're, they're really trying to keep a, a, like every obviously a lot of ideologies and a lot of values. Um, are still hugely relevant, but there's a few that really are warping people's expectations of, of, of how a relationship should be in this day and age, given the fact that a lot of circumstances have changed within a really short amount of time, and I think people are really having a hard time um, uh, keeping up, and, you know, they're, they're stuck in a time that no longer exists and trying to make what maybe worked in the past work now, and it just... Um, doesn't and that's hugely relevant for you know why we're seeing women demand more in terms of uh, their desires for more intimacy and more depth is because um, they seek more security less security in men they they making their own money they're doing all these things yeah and now it's like more than the table
0: yeah I think sort of like so they should to be honest because in in terms of like us as guys, as men, as being like, I don't know about you, but when I grew up, I always look at like superheroes. I looked at the best leaders. I looked at the people who are impacting the world I look at who would be the best father figures I look at who would be in the best relationships. And I always thought like, I want to be the ultimate across all of those different things. And I want to be like that hero type of person. And through some of the stuff that I've researched and that um, I've listened to and that I've read on, and especially in terms of relationship stuff, because I have had a lot to learn with some of my past relationships for sure and I'm still learning like crazy. But one of the things that I think is super, super important is one is the different like communication between like men and women. And the second one is that how... How are us as men supposed to grow and develop as best as possible and be like the best version of ourselves if we're not challenged as hard as possible? Because I think one one of the beautiful things about like masculinity and like sacred, you can say the sacred masculinity, is when challenges come, we get to try and overcome them. However, as you mentioned beforehand, obviously... <laughs> we have some work to do in terms of like ourselves interpersonally because communication and intimacy and talking about emotions as like you sharing with your story, you were getting into a knife fight it was so much easier than what it was just talking to a girl right like so i was petrified yeah petrified how scary is it and i was like what's harder so we're ready to go out and crush something physical like this but when it comes to something emotional especially with australians we'll like cower and hide under the table and it's like if if we're going to be the best we need to be pushing ourselves in all areas and this may be the scariest but this is what's going to force us to grow in the best way possible and shout out to one of my friends glenn money because one of the things that he always said um to me which really resonated was he used to say, well, what he says frequently is he's like a relationship is you're in a constant ceremony, man, like a plant ceremony or something. Cause like you're just in a constant ceremony the whole time. Like you're doing the work, just being in a relationship. And I'm like, so true. Thanks for that wisdom, bro.
1: <laughs> yeah. Glenn's a solid one. A solid <laughs> yeah. one. Shout, out. Shout out to Glenn. Yeah. Um, yeah, man. I mean, uh, again, like that's the thing. It's like, like I'm very good at like, like verbalizing um, my thoughts and feelings. But like, again, like, and there's been times where it's like, oh, you're so in touch with the feminine. It's like, no, no, no. I'm rationalizing my emotions. (laughs) Like I'm not feeling into them, right? It's like the feminine is obviously is the feeling into things. And the masculine is obviously, you know, if I'm sharing my thoughts and feelings and in, in a very logical manner, I'm still, I'm still in my masculine but again that's been the massive thing is is having really difficult and and open conversations about where i am at and and, and again like I've, my partner is super comfortable super comfortable with intimacy um so i've been planted with someone that has been presented to me to really to to really te- yeah to really test me and it's like that's what relationships are they're both support and challenge i honestly I think you know maybe seventy percent should be support and thirty percent should be challenges. Like there's, there's been times where we've said to each other, and she said, you know, uh, I'd be things would feel easier if we were single. And it's like, yeah, but is there so much more growth in us? The answer was always yes. So um, you know, obviously, you're going to have those thoughts run through your head, and you give them as much validation as you want. Um, for a lot of mine, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I don't own a own a lot of them. I let them do the thing, but um, it's yeah. You know, but but with this sort of what has been the most like I've sat there and felt so uncomfortable. <laughs> uh, and with some things that people would find really, really difficult, that would make them scream, like scream, like very different, right? And again, like we've all got all these different sets of lived experiences that we've got to be able to sort of. You know, unravel and have a yeah. have a bit bit of curiosity around and, and have a look at. And with that area for me, um, it's it's it, and again, it's required having a very patient partner at the same time mm. um, and someone that trusts my willingness to want to learn and to uh, want to grow in that area, regardless of how much resistance comes up in my body um, towards it and how much. Sometimes I want to try and push it into the darkness because, again, I, I want to go and, you know, uh, move myself away from it. But that's an area of growth that I want to step into, um, obviously because it's very healing. But at the same time, um, it's important for me in, in my relationships, not even just my, my relationship with my girlfriend, but just my relationships with other people, um have you got a story by you the know, so,
0: Have you got any stories that you could share in regards to into that and like getting uncomfortable and having to like work through it with your partner? We've been like
1: Oh uh, we, we so there was once one one thing we were doing was we're doing a um an intimacy course together. Nice. And um like and there's been times where I've been at like events and I do the you know, you stand in front of a stranger and you look at them. Yeah. And it's like, what I'll do, what, what I'll do is I'll go and I'll be looking at them, but I've just locked on them and I'm, I'm looking around with my peripheries. Yeah. So I right, am like, I'm, <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? It's like, I'm looking at you and I'm locked in, but I've logically gone, yeah, just lock your eyes in there and just like, just drift off somewhere else. And like... <laughs> So I can do the exercises, but I'm not doing them in the ways in which they're intended. <laughs> right? Um, so, so Eye gazing's tough, we, man. Ah, oh, <laughs> yeah, it, and that's the funny thing. I could do it, but I like a kind of like skirt skirted around it. But um, but that, that's not what I'm referring to. But yeah, we 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 had a bunch of questions come up, and I can't even remember what they were, but they were like around sex and. And they were really, and 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 the answers came to her with with such ease, right? And she's so comfortable. And 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 there would be questions that came up that I'm like, I can't believe I've never even thought of this. And kind of like a part of me was a bit embarrassed, hmm. right? It, I was a part uh, of me that was a little bit embarrassed. I was just like, God, I have no answer to this. And this is such a simple, it's such a simple question. Can you think of any other like, kind of the questions?
0: Something roughly what it was like. Honestly, oh,
1: it was like, like how do you like be touched? Oh, <laughs> something like that. Yeah. What? had what, what makes you feel? What? What makes you feel the best when you feel? T- and I was like, oh, I don't know. Where? Where do you like to be touched on your body? And like, it wasn't about like, you know, oh my dick. You know, like yeah. fuck it. Yeah. It was like, and I had to sit there and think about it. and We had to do all these other exercises, and I just felt myself screaming, like just like the child in me. And also, like I think about like certain like simple things back in the day that impacted the way that, you know, I have around intimacy and my relationship to like sex and stuff. And it was like, I had a friend who had an older sister and she was much older, um, like in, in, a, in a period of time where she could, um, was comfortable with sex and sexuality. And she would sing to me to try and make me uncomfortable in front of everyone. Let's talk about sex, baby. Let's yeah. talk about you and me, right? She'd sing that to me. And I'd cringe. <laughs> and then and it's like I look back at that and I'm, like, trying to decipher, like, going to the deep depths of, like, my, my life and, like, where certain little things that maybe took up three seconds of time maybe affected me. It's like, you know, her embarrassing me in front of everyone in that way really kind of maybe had more longer-lasting effects maybe I gave I gave validation to. You know, and it's like these tiny little things that just seep back into your unconscious. That's like sort of go unnoticed, and you're like, you know, maybe that had, maybe that had more more weight than what than what I thought. So yeah, there's been and and we're like there's been improvement, but there's been times where it's just like it didn't seem like I was moving. Yeah, and it was frustrating for my girlfriend, and I, uh, you know, it's just you know, and, and hoping that she. She is patient enough for me to get over the hill, um, but we, you know, we've we've read and watched so many things together, and, and done that as a process. We've read the same books, um, we've spoken to um, different people about you know their experiences and everything like that, and um, it's not it's not an easy it's not something that just shifts in a quick amount of time. Oh yeah. Um, so it's, it's it's still very much ongoing you can't just shift the whole lifetime experiences have impacted you within like a year's time so
0: (laughs) yeah which is nuts what are some of the things like that you'd actually recommend in terms of i'm just trying to think like (laughs) like for myself and for people who are listening is like what is some of the things that you like either exercises or tools or resources or books that you have read that you've been like, oh my gosh, this is really good. This is super impactful. I actually took away something from this and I applied it into this relationship and it's worked like some part of this has worked or it hasn't worked, but because it hasn't worked, you have been like, well, let's not do that anymore. <laughs> like whatever it is, if you got any like tools or resources that you could uh, suggest for people to actually, like if someone's listening to this podcast and they're like, oh, I want to actually go do something that's going to improve this. Like what would you suggest them to do?
1: I think, I, I think the, the biggest thing is being just able to understand your partner and yeah. understanding yourself and why they are, you know, why they are without taking things personally, right? Like if you're still taking a lot of the ways that your partner goes about things personally, it just signifies like a lot of times you, you, you both lack a lot of understanding around them or around yourself. Um, so much of Esther Perel's stuff um, has been able to, Normalize, and and not make as, make a lot of the ways of which maybe we both were in certain ways, um, you know this this monster or this this demon or this like thing that needs to be you know shamed into the darkness and the fact that you know you're able to see that you're not the like it's consistent when you read things that are like or hear things from people that don't know you. They've never heard your story, but they're talking in reference to something else. And you hear them, and you're like, oh my God, this person is describing me. I've had that at times with like uh, Dr. Uh, John Martini. I think he's just like being able to articulate things in a way where, it, you know, it's like put order into the chaos of which I'm trying to describe things. Um, but um, I think... Uh, I think a lot of Esther Perel's work has been hugely beneficial for me, mating mating in captivity. Um, Even her book around um, infidelity. I've not been someone who's cheated, but a lot of people have been involved in cheating and um, I've been cheated on or um, feeling betrayed. And and obviously I I read that and there's a lot of things within that. I've read um, books um, to open my perspective um, in terms of like um, non-monogamy and polyamory, even though I'm in a you know a monogamous relationship, it just challenges your perception.
0: Uh, sorry, it just challenges your perception, right? It just opens up a couple of doors, and just like, well, yeah. that's completely
1: different. Yeah, yeah. And there's been other books. There's been other books that have like done that, and d- like um, the Righteous Mind: uh, Why Good People Are Divided by Politics and Religion. That's broadened my um, relationship to m- morality um, to be less righteous in a lot of ways. So in that way, it broadened it. Reading a book like um, The Ethical Slut um, provided a lot of alternative ideas that did not necessarily I needed to adopt, but Allowed more openness um, in terms of the ways that people go about things and why, and then maybe understanding a little bit more about why, I, like I have certain things that go on within inside myself, and again, normalizing it. I think when we, we, when you know, our partners and everything are able to not take, you know, not see things as much, as, and again, that's taking, taking responsibility. There's been so many things in the relationship or, or with me that I, I take responsibility for. Right. Um, and she ultimately takes responsibility for it as well. Mm-hmm. So. Um,
0: like what? Do you have any
1: examples think- the top of your head? Um, well, again, yeah. I mean, for. Well, just in terms of like, you know, with our intimacy stuff, um, I've always really reaffirmed to her, like. It's like, and it's you can say it to you blue in the face. You know, it's, it's not you. Like I've faced this before seven years ago. I didn't realize it was a pattern until I got into another relationship with you. Now I'm starting to realize that it wasn't just something that was confined to my past relationship. Right. So then that was like, okay, well, this has reared its head, you know, eight years on from being very similar to my last relationship. And now I'm like, okay, well. This is still here seven years on. You obviously paid no attention to it because it's not being in your face. It's like you don't know you're a noisy eater until you've got someone sitting across from you, right? So I, I then just took responsibility for being like, hey, look, this is actually a pattern. Um, I've seen it before. I, I thought it might have just been confined to this, but it's not. I've taken it with me. And you're a completely different person. I take responsibility for this. Right. There's not a part of me that wants you to receive this, this as anything to do with you. It's like I I I work on this now here with you. Or I or it, hap- it has to happen at some point, it has to happen later. So um, just taking responsibility for that. And I think my wa- really wanting to and really wanting to understand why I was the way I was and why I behaved the way I behaved. Um was signified in my curiosity, and when I found found things, I'd send them to her and be like, "Oh, this describes me." And I didn't have like this this like, sh- like I didn't create shame and guilt around it. Yeah, and I think that's what helped um be able to open the lines of communication is that that's I was amazing. able to, to I was just able to to look at myself as as an as an observer yeah. and as if I was looking upon someone that was separate to myself, where I could kind of treat it as like more of like a you know uh, just objectively trying to find answers and not not being so heavily connected to it as like you know having shame or guilt or like i was this weird thing
0: yeah for everyone who's listening that is an absolute nugget talking about that in terms of not having shame and guilt about something like just as a personal example i remember with um one of my ex-girlfriends is (laughs) i i would be I'd play the victim or I'd be quite demanding about something and I'd be super unconscious about it. And then she'd be like, stop doing that. That comes from your mum. Like, you got picked that quality up from your mum and that comes from you. And then, like, I remember being like, ah, it does, but I can't not do it. Come on. And then, like, in other relationships that I've had, when that has flared up within myself, I've been like, "Oh, this is that thing that got port like, pointed out from my ex that I've now reflected on and when I something comes up and I do something immediately I'll catch it and I'll say <laughs> to, to any of the, like, the other partners that I have had I'll, I'll say to them I'll be like I'm so sorry <laughs> that is this conditioning that's come from my mom I'm actually working on it and I didn't mean to be like that just now and they're like oh no I totally get it like that's fine and not having the shame and guilt around that of like hiding it just being like open like yep this is one thing bad trait i took from a parent i've got plenty other good traits from them as well but that was a bad one um has been worked out really well for me personally so thanks for saying that did
1: you you share that with her did you were you did you say that to her like hey look i've I've learned this about myself and everything like oh yeah so we this is a thing this is again like a lot of people don't realize they're doing this right but if you've if you've done that and um and again like people say things in a hidden moment like th- like it's 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 less about like how you know your fight and more about like what you do after the fight yeah right but again like sometimes men um don't want to open up because in the past they've had the opening up be weaponized against them yeah yeah right? so I like withdraw <laughs> well, well again it's like I like, to, I like to get on the front foot. If someone's going to, like, if I've called myself on stuff, I've found stuff to do with myself first. Like, again, like, that's a part of me that doesn't want to be called out. So, like, I'm going to find it before you find it.
0: Yeah.
1: Right? But, like, if I discover something and then you go, that's just your no, 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 again. It's like, <laughs> hang on. I'm, t- I'm the one that's like, like <laughs> I brought that to the, t- like, this is not nothing that we haven't spoken about before, or said before, but, um again, we're men like, are like able to kind of ha- have these conversations, it's like you can't, and, and there was times again, like, and I give us, I'll give a circumstance where, where the communication, I'll give a specific now, um, you know, there was times where we'd sit down and I'd, I'd start to open up about things and I'd reach a crescendo of like, like there was a certain amount of time where I started, it started to become like, I felt like I was being pushed right and um my and she would it gets to a point where my opening up would lead to like an argument consistently mm. and we had to get to a point where it's like i i expressed to her pal i don't want to have negative connotations um around opening up if every time i open up and we get into an argument i'm going to have the connotation that this is ultimately going to lead to an argument and i'm going to want to do it less so we needed to be able to find a way like i we had to obviously pinpoint that and she's like yeah so we had to get to the point where it sharing things if it, like once i reach my sort of like just beyond my edge where it maybe start it started to become unhealthy i wanted to be able to to nurture a positive connotation to me being able to have those um, conversations, um, because the more that they led to that, the less the less I actually wanted to. Because the connotation was just like it didn't have a positive connotation. But it was up to me, obviously, to be able to go and reframe it and create a framework and create a structure for us to be aware of, um, for us to have it lead to positive. Outcomes, and again, like with um, with some people's sanctity, like emotionally or physically, some people when they feel like they're pushed, like or um, open up before they're ready, it makes them feel slightly cheapened. It's some some for some people being like hey, look, just open up to me. It's okay to be vulnerable. It's okay to be this before they're ready and, and sort of moving them into it can sometimes feel like the equivalent to some people of like, hey, look, open your legs up to me. Sex is fine, like whatever, before they're ready. Is there anything wrong with opening up? Absolutely not. Is there anything wrong with sex? No. But does do people feel slightly cheapened by it when they do it before they're ready to do it? Yeah, so I, I think a lot of times, again, a lot of people are trying to, like, push people into being vulnerable. Or like, it's okay to be vulnerable. It's the same. Sometimes it just, it could represent the same. It's okay to have sex, yeah, but I'm not ready. Yeah. I don't have enough trust here yet. I'm not like, and again, it's like, then it's like nurturing the relationship to a point where that comfortable level starts to be bridged out more to the point where the person wants to, wants to step into it because, you know, they're, they're they're ready. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Obviously, they're not role. the same thing. Obviously, one's a, a very different breach of um like you know, personal rules. Personal, yeah, I, I get the rights, analogy, absolutely. Yeah. like on a, yeah. they're on a different spectrum. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I absolutely. Get the analogy. Um, very yin yeah. and yang. Very yin and, yang.
0: and I th- I think it's very important for like uh, I, I find it very yin and yang, especially for men in particular. Because a lot of men will distract themselves with having like sex, but then emotionally when it comes to open up, they'll be like, hell no, as you were mentioning like beforehand. So I think that was like a a great point just to put there as you were singing. I was like,
1: oh God, that's like really good. I realized it wasn't about sex. Like like it wasn't even about the act. It wasn't even about the act. It was just like a it was just a sense of pseudo self-worth. It was just like if I can have if I can have a number of people open themselves to me in such a vulnerable way, that just validates um my worth more. And I was just left very, I felt just a lot of after after a lot of sex, I was just very, I just felt a lot of guilt. It's like this, you know, you maybe experienced it like the light switch goes off and it's like you're just a fucking different person. It's like you have just your consciousness is just regained. You're like, what the fuck am I doing? And it's like, and but you then you'll go and do it again the next night. And she's like, well, I, like, I'm not in control here. It's like, I'm not in control here. I didn't even uh, like, and it gets to that point where you're like, oh, fuck, maybe I'm, like, again, I'm not in control of this. And some unconscious aspect of me is governing this behavior. And you start to be curious around that. And again, it's just like, I, I think it was just like the, the courting process and the, and the and the the hunt and all these things that maybe a little bit you know obviously primal, um, but again I think it was just creating a pseudo sense of self worth that maybe I was I was lacking somewhere else. Yeah. Um, I enjoyed sex. I never felt the need to gloat about it or tell anyone about it. But just in terms of looking at it for myself, I was just like, yeah, it wasn't really a, it wasn't really about that. It was about something else. But that's just what I was using
0: i do that with food man
1: <laughs> a, lot of people, a lot of people do a lot of people do that yeah there's a lot that's of ways you completely...
0: end up unconscious for, for doing things and the next minute you've gone
1: ah what was i doing <laughs> well that's a tough thing the, the tough thing about food is, like again it's hard to compare like alcoholism and and food because it's like like alcoholism is not like a necessity but the, the hard thing with when your relationship is in terms of food is the fact that it's a necessity and it's always going to have to be a part of your life you know like even the even the small like if a if an alcoholic has one sip of you know alcohol it can allow them to completely you know unravel but when you can't if you've got issues with food it's like it's not that you can just go and just go cold turkey It has to be prevalent within your life forever so i mean again one's a One's a process issue, and, and the other's a you know uh, an actual uh, you know a, a substance thing, actual thing. So they're they're, they're similar in some ways, uh, uses, but not in terms of the way that you have to heal around them. Yeah, and that can be the di- that can be the difficult thing because you can't just eradicate food from your life, <laughs> yeah.
0: right? Oh, you could for a day, but that's about it. <laughs> yeah,
1: I mean, I mean. <laughs> I, I fast. And again, like this is the other thing. It's like, it's developing like, uh, like even with something just around like fasting, right? Like I'm a, I, 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 um, I personally have incorporated fasting for, for nine years. You have people scream, blow in the face that it will lead to eating disorders. I'm a n- not almost 90 kilogram man that has a fine relationship with it. It's the same as like, if everything needs context and everything requires intention. And it's like, um, a knife can be used at a joyful occasion to cut a birthday cake, but it can also be used to kill someone. <laughs> yeah. It's like, right? So, uh, when, when, when again, like th- this is the sneakiness of, like, of, um, of lack of context or you know, not looking at intentionality or people's relationship to things. It's rarely ever the food. It's rarely ever the body. It's rarely ever the thing. It's your relationship to it that needs looking at. It's again, some people can have a really comfortable and healthy relationship with fasting. Like myself, we've proven that to be the case. Some people can have a really healthy relationship with counting calories. That it can be the case. Some people can have a really healthy relationship with looking at the scale every day and it hasn't doesn't affect their um, self-worth. Is it the things themselves? No, it's the relationship and your processes around them that ultimately will dictate the the relationship you have and the health around it. So um, it's discovering those things. It doesn't necessarily mean that people need to go and do those things. But again, when we blame these things as being the source, you are distracting yourself from actually finding the source. And that's the big reason as to why I, you know, like – can those things, can a knife kill? Somebody? Yeah. Can a, can fasting lead to that? Yeah, it could. Depends on your processes. Depends yeah. on your past. Depends on yeah. your life. Depends on a whole bunch of things. And yeah, but is it the, a, yeah. is the main creator of how you will use it? The knife didn't make that person stab that person, <laughs> yeah, right? And, and the sauce isn't, so, isn't
0: a ketchup bottle, man. It's always something within you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, exactly. what because what I, what I think is just like crazy, man, is that there is I think just to be like simply be aware of, and yes, it does take up a little bit of brain power if you're like, oh god, there's so much to learn here, is that you've, you've got a relationship with goddamn everything, like <laughs> you have a relationship mm-hmm. with there's so much different stuff that you're actually in a relationship with and understanding your relationship with the different things and if they're healthy and if they're not and like which ones do you pursue which ones do you not pursue which ones are improving the quality of life which ones aren't which ones do you need to work on um is extremely important to know and i i think that doing relationship work with your partner is extremely important because that is like I think one of the hardest relationships that you can work on and like the most rewarding. Yin and yang, obviously, is going to be like the most work, but it's obviously going to be the most rewarding. And the better that you can improve that relationship, the better you can improve business relationships, friend relationships, your relationships with food, your relationships with other things, purely because you're just learning all of these techniques and skills and self-reflection within yourself and someone else, which is like so ridiculously Powerful, so I think that's pretty legit.
1: Oh, for sure. I mean, when people yeah. uh, like, when people, if they've got distorted eating patterns, if they can unlock that and, and form a healthy relationship with that, that can unlock like so many areas. Like, I'm like creating this, creating this course right now. I'm like, yeah, it's 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 like it's so much more than that and it filters into so many other in, in into other areas of of people's lives and that's why like i'm really passionate about this cuz again it's just like um just and again like developing obviously a bit more of people's intuition to things is 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 huge i mean even for a lot of women like maybe that maybe it's not maybe it's just like they need to live more in the develop a release of their feminine more and and that's what unlocks things and maybe that's not an area that they thought was indicative of the relationship they have and it's like little things like that that once realized can go a long way to then you know relaying that back into your relationship to your business into relationship with your related like into your relationships. So I mean again, like a big part of me is being is 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 paying attention to to a lot of the you know the eight different aspects of of well being and consistently looking at where I'm at and where sometimes like my social health has dropped. And that's okay for a minute for a period of time. And then, then I go and try to nourish it. I mean it's very hard to obviously have all eight areas of your life like being lift it up at the same time some things have to take priority you know it's very hard to go and have balance especially when it comes to growth it's like you can have harmony but balance is almost impossible right so um you know simple things like being connected into nature like I notice when I'm not how I feel if I spend too much time in front of the computer I know I, I know how I feel I pay attention and again with a lot of this stuff it's just allowing people to pay more attention. It's like, how do I get you to pay more attention to things that are just slipping through the cracks? And if you start to pay more attention, you have set more self-awareness, the sky's the limit, Dude, you know? So, so,
0: so, so important. Well, before we go and wrap it up, man, I've got one question. If someone is at that stage of their life where they've had some success, they've been kicking some goals and one of the things that they really want to work on is their relationship. And they're like, cool, I really want to work on this relationship to develop in other areas. What are just a couple of things that you would suggest them to do like this week, next week that they could take away and, um, leave
1: with and give a crack. In terms of, okay. So, a uh, people that have had success in a number of, a number of ways of their life. Yep. Um, Business-wise, like but yep. but relationships may Financial. not be yep. a huge value. Yep. But they're but they're wanting it to be.
0: But they're wanting it to be.
1: Yep. Yeah. Okay. Well, the the, the thing is, is that like our our true values will rise to the surface. They have they have to. It's just a matter or not of whether or not we um, respect them or ignore uh, or ignore them. Uh, if, if and if we judge them. Because yeah. sometimes there's people that have high values that they judge and they don't want it to be the case. Mm-hmm. And the reality yeah. is it is. It is of high value. I mean, sometimes when I ask people, you know, like, what's the reason you don't think your health is where it is? And I, and I give them a whole list of things. But majority of the time, it's just purely not a value. I, like, I don't know enough or I don't have the time. It's purely down to a value thing. Like, well, but that. then they judge it. No, it is a huge value. It might, it might be maybe top five but it's definitely not top two i'm telling you right now so if people do decide that they value it you'll see that represented in their in their behavior um if it's not you won't you won't see it represented within their behavior yeah. so um again it's like show me your life and I, and it'll tell me your values and um so for people that are really wanting to that they've obviously got to understand and know why it is they want it like, and is there anything that has been there? Like, if someone's been a workaholic and they've succeeded, and again, this is the hard thing with a lot of cruxes, is that some are more socially acceptable. And this is why people don't go to work to improve them. Because we can we can glorify hard workers and we can glorify men that are capable of having sex with a lot of people and when it's sometimes more socially acceptable we don't go to work to realize like realize if if it's actually just a medicator that we're and maybe some people have come come to that point where they realize fuck i'm successful yeah but i'm a workaholic because xyz and unless you start to unravel those things and start to have a real look at it and start to read up, start to watch videos, get mentors, seek it out, be curious. And again, when I talk to people, I'm like, what's the number one trait that I think will allow you to become successful in any any area of your life? And they rattle off a whole bunch of things. It's always going to be curiosity. If you maintain a curiosity around a certain topic, it signifies that you actually, that there's a value around it. You can't not be, you can't not be. So I think when people maintain a level of curiosity, and that's and it's tireless, you'll you'll find you'll you'll find answers. They may be, they might not come as thick and fast as you'd like them to. You have got to not be frustrated about, by that. Um, but it it, 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 it it that's a question to obviously ask. Um, but again, it's just curiosity is just a, is is the main thing go and seek out people, go and seek out help. And again, for people that have been hyper-successful, there's a part of their identity that's probably like, I work things out, Um, I can do things by myself, and they create that identity. You might have to drop that and be like, I am someone that is capable of doing these things by myself, but I also would like to identify as someone that's not too proud to ask for help, Yeah. where it's not, it's not a battle against both. It's like, I can I can have both. I can eat my cake and still be super fit, right? It's like, I can be someone that's independent, but I can also be someone that is able to help, um, to ask for help in, in areas that maybe I don't excel in. And that's going to be able to fast pace it. Again, that's a big problem that a lot of people have, that the hypers that are really successful, is that it gets to a point where their identity is like, I've worked things out in this realm. I can do it in this realm. And it's like, Go and seek mentorship. Go and seek, you know, outside sources. I've had to do that. I've had this, like, I've had a lot of answers in a lot of ways, but in the ways that have been the most hard to move, I've needed people who specialize in it. Get mentorship, you know. And again, where do I get mentorship? If you value it, your curiosity will go and find it. Yeah. It just will. Yeah. It just will.
0: Yeah. Right? Wise words, man. That was honestly so, so beautiful and so true. So, if anyone's listening, um, like obviously you've got some mentorship available and stuff. And like, if people are interested, man, where can they find you?
1: Uh, so, I mainly am on Instagram uh, at underscore underscore Ben James underscore. I know it's not the it's not the best for branding. Ben business. Kelly. I was, so, <laughs> I was slow to. I was slow. To- party on instagram so all the all the ben jameses were taken up so <laughs> i had to throw in some underscores there so yeah. underscore underscore ben james underscore. um that's where you can find me yeah. um the most easiest and then where i where i kind of play the most awesome
0: well man thank you so much for coming on to the podcast thank you so much for sharing your wisdom i thought we got some like awesome stuff there i can't wait to re-listen to it again and like thanks for being just such a sick dude man and and you know, choosing to live the best life possible and working on yourself and being a guy that is, you know, capable of getting vulnerable. So, extremely good talking to you, man.
1: Trying, bro. Trying. Thanks, Corey, for having me on, man. I really appreciate it. I know I know how important, um, you know, this work is to you and, you know, the types of people you surround yourself are really incredible people. So, um, you know, you having me on to speak to your audience, uh, I really appreciate uh, and value. So, thank you.
0: Oh, man. capital P-O-D-C-A-S-T, to get the first $50 off of your first month. Can't wait to see you guys in there.